0: Welcome back to another episode of the EOTC Mystery School Discussion Series here in the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and today's Mystery School Discussion is with Michael Sebastian. Michael was a part of a recent episode that I put I think it was about two episodes ago, of the EOTC podcast. Michael,
1: welcome back. Cliff, it's... A delight to be back here. What can I say? Uh, Thank you very much for having you back. Um, Obviously, I didn't uh, screw up too badly last time. So that's (laughs) not too badly. (laughs) You just you're right on
0: the fence before.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I believe that. Okay.
0: So, Michael, when you gave your introduction in our previous conversation to the group, you said, "I'm a spiritual observer." You talked about mm. your early on experience in a fundamental mm-hmm. Christian church upbringing. Sure. But then you said this statement, after I got <laughs> out of the church, I looked at everything I wasn't allowed <laughs> to look at when Absolutely. I was in the church.
1: Absolutely. I love
0: that. I looked at everything I wasn't allowed to To look at. And you and I were chatting about who's the ideal audience, or not the idea, but who is the audience that I – it's people like myself and like you who have come up in this faith tradition (laughs) of Christianity, where whether it was specifically forbidden or certainly Mm. Mm. (laughs) overwhelmingly discouraged that we look at anything outside of fundamental Christian doctrine uh so i love that statement but you you went on you said i learned astrology i wanted to know how to run a chart so let me ask you do you do you know how to run a chart today
1: the, the, um, yes, up to a point. Um, this is reminding me of that uh, Paul Simon lyric, which says, uh, "All my words come back to me in shades of mediocrity." You know, like, like emptiness in nothing very much, actually. As a matter of fact, but um, um, yes, I, I did. You're absolutely. You're quoting me verbatim, of course, because um, this this just proves nothing is sacred on the, the on the web, is it? You're, you're there forever. You're um, there forever, my friend. You are indeed. Yeah, yeah. In, encrypted in some uh, server somewhere. So um, yes, I did. Yeah. Do I do I read a chart? Um I I read a chart at sort of um you could say it to preschool level, you know, it's kind of kindergarten level. You know, I know certain things. A lot of people get into the, there's actually a lot of maths in it when you start to get into degrees and all this kind of stuff. And maths was never my strong suit, I guess. So um, I started to think, OK, well, I can see how that works. And OK, I can I can take something from there. It's, it's the kind of it's kind of the producer's spirit where you're picking up a lot of different things and you're trying to, you know, sort of make something of all of, you know, spin all these plates. You know, you're, you're very well aware of that that kind of thing but uh, yeah i i do know a little bit of this and that and the other and uh, yeah i can you know we can talk about your uh, rising sign or your where your venus is or where your uh, mercury happened to be and uh, last week or something like that i'm sure i could do a halfway decent job well uh,
0: i i happen to have a chart that was run for me somewhere in my documentation on this spiritual path i i ran into somebody's like i can run that for you and he's somebody from india and and it's the whatever vedic one or whatever yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. so anyway it's fun because i think from my christian upbringing when it comes to something like that i'm like okay well you know I think those wise men from the east read the stars kind of oh, you yeah. know to to probably it's like okay there's something in the bible that that doesn't but then we get into yeah. um, you said a Gujar, a guru from gujarat we talked uh, about yeah, that absolutely. a little bit and I'm, yeah. i i, I okay with that and I just like okay and then neo-druidry it's like okay that that <laughs> starts to that starts to kind of ruffle some of my feathers because neo-druidry that that kind of runs along this idea yeah. of paganism and the oh, word yeah, paganism yeah. just seems as oh, about as
1: yeah, yeah
0: far from things yeah. that i should be studying but but you go <laughs> you had to go into wicca and satanism
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely I, I was like i tell you i was like a kid in a sweet shop you know because because of course, as you rightly said, in church, you can't do any of this. And there are good reasons, or there are reasons, whether they're good or not is another question, why you can't do these things. And, um, you know, number one, Jesus doesn't like it. Actually, Jesus never told me he didn't like it. Jesus never actually expressed an opinion. There were lots of guys who were running the church expressed opinion, and lots of people who were um, part of the uh, infrastructure there expressed their opinions. But I don't recall ever hearing Jesus' opinion on that. But um, of course you could look at the bible and um, interpret that various ways but um and we all, all know where sort of the uh, uh the witches and the fornicators go you know we we understand that quite well um because that's drummed into us so but i realized also when i left uh, that there was an awful lot of fear attached to everything not just some things it was everything i was afraid of being Right, I was afraid of being wrong. I was afraid of being good. I was afraid of not being good. Uh, In fact, I was living my life completely in fear. You know, I, I loved the, I'd always been, you know, sort of attracted to the mysticism and that, that side of sort of the spiritual life, which obviously was one of the reasons I didn't go down too well as a personality in church. When I actually got into uh, looking, I, I did re- uh, looking at myself first of all. When I left, we we came to a real watershed one weekend when we decided not to go back to this. We used to meet in a cinema in with this m- biggish mega church, not big by American standards, but. By- fairly big by British standards, um, a yeah, good few hundred. Um, we met in this super cinema in the middle of uh, town. So and I was, I'm suddenly thinking, why do I spend every Sunday morning in this room without windows? This is kind of, uh, this is the middle of the summer and the, the kids go, but we never do anything. So let's go for coffee this week. And um, when we went to co- for coffee, it was so good with the kids. I said, actually, what if we don't go back next week? And they go, yeah, don't want to go back next week. We'll go for coffee next week. Yeah. Okay. We'll go for coffee next week. Yeah. And um, seven weeks later, we still hadn't actually gone back, but we were still having such a great time with the kids. And um, that I remember as being the golden summer. I'm hesitating over saying it because I feel myself well up as I say it. That was the Best. We had been, in, the kids had been brought up in church. They had friends in church, but we wanted to be the best parents we could possibly be. And what we had that summer was truly, you know, that was mind blowing for me. You know, I didn't know it could, families could be like this. Um, we sat, we read, we talked, we had meal after meal. We sat around. We always used to do that before, but there was a, it, it's what we call a golden summer that that year. And um, you know, we said we we read the whole of The Lord of the Rings, all three books, because the movies were coming out that autumn. And I wanted the kids to read the books. So we sat around as a family, or six of us, and we we read the uh uh read the books through, things like that. And that I suppose, in retrospect, was as much part of my awakening as anything else, thinking life can be okay out of church. You know, you know, we know the reasons why we're kept in church because it's bad outside of church. And so so you know, you know your kids are going to go off the rails. You know that they're going to get into drugs. You know what's going to happen when you're, you know, you're, you leave church. You know your whole family's going to fall apart, and uh, your toddler will probably drop off or something like that. You know, it's it's really really bad, um, but it never was like that. It would never ever like that. In fact, our family gelled together better than it ever has and still do. I have to say after 33 years, you know, I can look back at my kids and say, I'm glad we moved out at that time. I'm not, I'm not sad that we were in it because there were lots of things that we learned, but it it has a shelf life. If you want to move on, if you want to move deeper, if you really want spirit, I believe then sometimes you get these watershed moments and yeah, you've got to go with it. Yeah. So I was like a kid in a sweet shop, as I say. And um, yeah, I I decided to try everything. I thought, right, okay, well, I'll, I'll have a look at everything. I'll test out everything. I want to know why I'm afraid of all these things. I'm afraid of the devil. I'm afraid of going to hell. I'm afraid of all of these things happening. So let's meet some wiccans let's meet some witches let's look into satanism let's look at all those things hey you know paul said everything is permissible uh, he did also say not everything's beneficial but i don't really worry about that part of it you know it's got kind of, everything's permissible let's go for it let's try it what if everything really was permissible what if i could look at everything and nothing bad would happen well Whammo. I I did. So, um, yes, I I ended up with a a number of things. But, you know, the interesting thing, I mean, do you want to go into the Wiccan stuff? Um, We don't have to because we're supposed to be talking about a few other things, aren't we? You know well, the
0: main—just so folks know—the main topic that we're going to get in today is—is is this question of how do you evaluate any text or teaching or inspired work mm. that claims to be of God or spiritual yeah. or inspired? Uh, and we will get to that. But I, I want to—I do want to continue mm. down this path that you and I are on here. Okay. So mm. first of all, I—I I, I can definitely resonate with the fact that. Growing up, it was a lot about living my life out of fear, fear of eternal damnation. Yeah, yeah totally. uh, You know, even once I'm quote-unquote saved and secured in the blood of Christ and all of this stuff, there's still this... Threat of um, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and yeah. and and this backsliding and yeah. there's this you know just the yeah. becoming a heretic and an apostate yeah. and of course beware of this beware of that stay away yeah. from this these things are dangerous all of the rules and so consistently living my life in fear of this unknown yeah and and that's what kept me from ever giving any. Not, not even an ounce of attention on any spiritual path outside of what I had adopted from childhood, yeah. orthodox fundamentalist Christianity. Yeah. And I had been taught to fear everything outside of it. Yeah. So I did not have a lot of friends who were not Christians. And those who were not Christians at least weren't so aggressively involved in another faith pursuit and, and I, I'll never forget just how much most of the friends that I had that weren't Christians, I would only have relationships or friendships with those who I thought I had some opportunity to maybe convert <laughs> them to Christianity.
1: Yeah, uh, and,
0: absolutely. And, and, absolutely. and I, I'm not ashamed to, to say that, although I'm not, I'm not pleased that that yeah. was the fruit of how I was involved in the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And how many of them did you actually convert at the end of the day? Because I, I know how many I converted on the same basis. Um, well, I was-
0: I will say that I'm a pretty good marketing and salesperson, so I actually did convert quite a <laughs> oh, you few. Did?
1: Excellent. Okay, yeah. I got one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I I that time I I yeah. I could I could tell you stories. But but it was more about my gift of persuasion and my my salesmanship mm-hmm. than anything else, and all I did was convert them to my beliefs, my way yeah. of my perceptions. I can I, I, I convert I don't know that I converted them to God or to Christ. But I certainly yeah. had successfully converted a lot of people to Christian doctrine,
1: to, to the ism, Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, so, and I do yeah. make a distinction between the two, and yeah. I don't want to. Ass- I do not want anybody to hear that as I'm saying that if you are. Uh, following Christian doctrine, that you are not following Christ. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the two are not exactly the same. So I I converted. and, And even my own life, I believed that as a kid, I had an incredibly powerful, authentic, genuine, real relationship with the living God, with Christ. But somewhere along my path, I had... Now, I don't think I ever lost my relationship with God, and I, I would dare say that nobody ever can, uh, but for me, in my own conscious mind, I had traded that relationship with yeah. the God, yeah. with and I, and I actually pursued three things in its place, a relationship with an institution called the church, mm-hmm. yeah. a relationship with information about God or the scriptures or studying doctrine, and relationship uh, relationship with a moral code of conduct. These are the do's, these are the don'ts. And and I pretty much uh, lived my life feeling great when I was all high up on my pious, righteous horse, and when I f- fell short of perfection, which, come on, uh, was a lot, I, I felt really bad. And so, yeah. gosh, I, the amount of times that I thought God was upset and angry and punishing me is off the charts. Mm, absolutely. And the number of times when I really felt God was pleased with me happened yeah. every now and then. But Absolutely.
1: And and that is paralysis, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. How can you move on in your life if you're constantly looking over your shoulder? You can't do that. You know, as the, uh, you know, the, the, idea of this this god that's going to get you one way or another you know you know whether you're good whether you're bad whatever and um that yeah that was that was probably a that was a core part of the fear you know the the fear of god and then of course on the other, the flip side of the coin you got the the fear of uh you know being rich roast in satan's cafetier you know it's kind <laughs> of french press you uh you've got uh you know nothing is going to come of that so uh
0: The the next thing that you brought up that I want to speak to, you talked about uh, Paul saying that all things are permissible, Mm. but not all things are beneficial, and Mm -hmm. you know what really allowed me, and also another thing you said, you you always had this interest in in the mystical, the mysticism, Mm. and I suppose I did as well, and it's crazy because the entire Bible is mysticism.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: From the first page to the last page. It's all yeah. mysticism. It was it's all channeled work. It yeah. is it is all of these things. It, it, there's divination in there. There, I mean, come on, the book of Revelation, come on. Just anyway. But it but it's kind the, of the, wild. the the fact that it's like, okay, but this is exclusively for yeah. the people who are talked about in the Bible and anybody who follows God today mysticism, and these things are not for you, except for the fact Jesus says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith of a muscle seed, you'll do even greater things than I have done. <laughs> but anyway, um, but this whole thing about all things are permissible. Mm-hmm. When I read the book, Autobiography of a Yogi by Manhanza Yogananda, mm-hmm. this was my first d- deep dive into any faith teaching tradition outside of fundamentalist Christianity, and when I read all of the encounters and experiences that Yogananda says that he experienced throughout his childhood, his young adult life, and and even coming to America, I read all of this just fascinated, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to be confronted with the fact that, wow, this all sounds just like what I read in the Bible. There's nothing in here that really stands out as being like anything different than what people in the Bible except for the fact that I had thought that all of this stuff ended 2000 years ago. And and yet he's saying that within the last 100 years these things are still happening in the world. And and as I'm evaluating this I'm like do I believe this guy in what he's writing about is this true did he really experience is he making this stuff up yeah. and i came to the conclusion inside of my heart number 1 i believe that yogananda believed everything he wrote in that in that book i, I just i sensed it i discerned it you know that that's what came up for me and then the question is, well was he just deluded? <laughs> you know, did did you know was he just uh, did he have a vivid imagination? Yeah. And and I'm like I no, I really don't believe so. And and I continued to be spurred on, but I will tell you this reading this material brought up so much internal conflict with my belief system. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I'm I'm confronted with is reincarnation real? Mm-hmm. I'm reading, you know th- these mm-hmm. mystical super you know the superpowers if you will and all this other stuff and I'm like ah and I'm taught you, you, this is dangerous stuff you don't want to be doing these things, yeah. multiple gods all of this other stuff <laughs> and 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 my and then of course when I started talking about it people warned me you know just like they do. Cliff, you want to stay dude, you eventually you're going to get far enough down this rabbit hole, you're going to yeah. start hearing about the serpent energy called kundalini. Yeah. You're going to start hearing this dude, stay clear. Stop yeah. here. Turn yeah. around. This yeah. is dangerous stuff. That that's really what was being told to me. Absolutely. And Absolutely. and I I was tempted to stop my open mind to study yeah. what other people believe. But I came across something in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39, and I love this verse. For I am convinced, says the writer, neither death nor life, neither angels nor Mm -hmm. demons. Get this, no demon. Mm -hmm. I don't care how, you could take the most powerful, it says no demons. Neither the present nor anything in the future, nor any powers of any kind, neither height, no matter how deep you go, neither height nor depth. Now, if that doesn't cover it, then he goes on, <laughs> n- or, n- or anything else in all creation, yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. else that exists, yeah. <laughs> nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so it's okay if I read this book. <laughs> I think I'm okay. I really genuinely, authentically love God. I love Christ. And I have no desire to seek anything beyond that, but I want to learn and grow. And what I discovered through my process is that these are in no way leading me away from God or Christ, but giving me a broader perspective and in some cases contrast but but giving me a much greater appreciation for the Christ I've only mm-hmm. known from a biblical
1: perspective yes absolutely absolutely um, it kind of uh, comes to mind there's that uh, verse one of the ones i actually still really like uh i mean there are obviously lots of verses in the bible one or two i believe but um, there's that one in the uh in the book of ecclesiastes that says eternity is written on the heart of i think that then it says of man obviously that doesn't preclude the female gender either but um uh eternity is written on the heart and that it seems to me that let's call it if we don't call it god for you know it's let's call it spirit or whatever you know this this force x that exists in the universe that is sort of bigger than us that we sometimes tap into in this way or that way you know it's kind of floats around and kind of says well look you know there there's a human being that's open there you know i'm going to land there you know if there's a human being over there that's open let's land there you know because that's what i do it doesn't matter whether person a is a fundamentalist bible bashing christian it doesn't matter if the uh, person b is a fundamentalist uh, satanist or a uh, wiccan or druid whatever you want shaman whatever um it doesn't matter that's not the way i work spirit says to me you know in, in my understanding that's that's not the way it is i just do what i do you make the boxes you make the distinctions you compartmentalize all of these different things i don't i don't write those you know i, I never made those denominations and i don't care about those things i just want to bless you you know that's the uh, i want to just bring you into a fullness of existence um, and oh by the way all of you have got eternity written on your heart you know it's it's kind of like this beacon that's always you know always flickering um perhaps in some people they they manage to turn it up a little bit uh, higher over the um over the course of their life life or lives but some um, you know it's, it's always there and spirit is always looking for that beacon and you know you flash it around a bit it goes okay fine you're in it's what I do. It's what I do.
0: Yeah, I I love that. Um, and and yes, I definitely do believe that God has eternity written on our hearts of all of us. And and I love what you're talking about the fact that He's like, listen, I didn't create the boxes, mm-hmm. but uh, but I do believe that the Spirit works within our boxes. You know, whatever, mm-hmm. as long as we're truly mm-hmm. devoted, and, and it's like, ask mm-hmm. and you shall find, seek and uh, and and or actually, ask mm-hmm. and you shall find, seek and. Door, knock, and you find. yeah, and seek you and you shall Knock, and the door will be Don't opened, fear. and all that other stuff. And and I think you know all that we, good stuff. We
1: had too too much time in Sunday school, you and I. Yes, I'm sure, yes, you yes. Know?
0: <laughs> So, but absolutely, I think, and and it is knock on the door of my heart. And that there's something mm. about this heart space, this space mm. in our heart that's within us. Matter of fact, when Jesus was once asked about the kingdom of God, when will we find? It? He's like, listen, I tell you, nobody's gonna be able to say, look up there, there it is, here it comes, and won't be able to tell you the day or the hour. He goes because the kingdom of God is within you, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's, that's I, and and I just hold closely to that. All right, mm. so where to go next? I do want to I do want to hear real quickly. You you said so you met some Wiccans. Let me ask you this. What what how would you describe describe the personality and how the 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 demeanor of the average Wiccan that you've known? The average
1: Wiccan. Okay. Well you know, when you go to a, um, a full on Bible church, you know, and um, you have a home group and you have tea at the house group or the home group and somebody brings along a rice salad because that's what they always did in the 1970s. Definitely. Um, and you get around in a circle in someone's living room and you sing a few songs or you hold hands a bit if you might just be you know, getting close to Jesus and asking the Holy Spirit to come and all this kind of stuff. Um, that's what Wiccans are like. Um, Wiccans are exactly the same. Now you can't say this, this usually, you know, if you don't mind putting people's noses out, listen, this would put out the noses of both Wiccans and Christians, but Christians and Wiccans are no different. And guess what? you can almost apply the same thing to virtually every spiritual subculture right across the board um, that was what struck me as I was standing in a circle I went up to London uh, a few times um, I decided to look at wicker which is kind of witchcraft but it's it's a it's a Kind of, there are slight nuances, and we won't go into it. It's a waste of time. Um, but I went up to a place called Highgate Wood in North London, which is ancient woodland. It's got some a couple of quite large roads going uh, past it right now. They didn't want to, there's a, there's a, a grove of, um, I think, 13 oak trees in a circle. So, you know, somebody's planted at some point in the far distant future, uh, far distant past, should I say, um, because they are quite big now. And um, yeah, we we stood around up there and uh, we burnt a bit of incense and we did a bit of this, did a bit of that. And I sat in on some of the teaching and understood it. Um, I took it right the way up to the, um, uh, to actually being invited to be initiated into uh, the the first level of uh, third level, as they say, of, of, of Wicca. And um, I, I decided not to do it for uh, an interesting reason, which was not because I was scared of it at all, but a, a completely different reason, uh, which possibly we might go into if we actually end up with the Cabalian, which we, we were going to talk about a little bit later on, perhaps. But um, um, I decided not to take it any further, and um, I thought I've, I've had a really good grounding you know sort of a good few months learning about this kind of stuff but that is how i found wiccan's to be uh just like christians
0: so w- would you say that you were welcomed by them were they judgmental of you when you decided not to initiate uh were they were they still friendly to you afterwards that, that that's something that is interesting yeah. to
1: me as i say they're just like christians so the moment i yes they were very accommodating they were very helpful they're intelligent people let's face it they they were intelligent people they were largely middle class upper middle class um a few you know around the edges both ends of that um but um yeah very welcoming very happy to explain at the point that i decided not to take the step um uh, then, um yeah, we, we, our paths drifted away. But you see, that's exactly the way that Christianity is. And that's exactly the way that ed, any kind of subculture, and I would go as far as, say, cult, the way the cults work, it's exactly the same. It's there's an organization, There are expectations, you're either in or you're out. And we know what it's like to be in. We know what it's like. We know how people feel when we're out, you know, you're, you're very much um, caught into that uh, nucleus into that um, ecosystem, if you like, you know, and you, you know, when you're in, you're in, when you're out, you're out. And so I, I didn't feel any judgment. Uh, judgmentalism uh, in, in any way. I didn't feel any judgment on the part of the people or anything like that. But it's just we've travelled thus far. We don't have to travel any further. Um, I don't know how they felt about me. Uh, I do know how Christians felt about me when I left. Um, well, I, I'm I'm guessing because none of them ever contacted me and still haven't. You know, the uh, we've kept in touch with two people from left from those days you know sort of years and years ago and uh yeah we were we were persona non grata you know that's that's the way it happens i'm afraid in in many churches like the church that i was in so uh, um yeah but i think with the wiccans it was a little bit more like well you know you're not in you know uh, had i been in and then left it might have been different i have no idea but that was uh, that that was my experience cliff
0: yeah that's interesting thank you you know, I, I, as you were thinking about that, I I am reminded of the you know, of I, I'm reminded of the time when I was deep in within the church and some people leaving the church and quote unquote leaving the faith and, and pursuing other things and and I know that I wasn't too friendly at the time towards that kind of thing and and I think some of that might have been conditioned and and uh, given as um, uh, exemplified for me from others and stuff like that and and I and for me it came up as a genuine concern for them because I was convinced that my way was the only way <laughs>
1: uh, so yeah, always always good always diplomatic that one
0: <laughs> yep yep uh and and the thing is is and I know that there are some other religions and spiritual paths that that seem to have that belief and feeling as well that their one their their current statement of doctrine and dogma that that it is the one true way um but one of the things that I found in this exploration of other spiritual paths are the number of spiritual paths that that absolutely do not claim mm-hmm. that they are the way mm-hmm. that 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 when it's like, listen, if you want to come down this path, feel free to follow. Uh, you know there's lots of ways for you to engage with what we've got going on in the world and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. If you'd like, you could study it and go as deep as you want at some point if you would like to go into the more esoteric and the more uh, deeper training trainings yeah. uh we can initiate you into yeah. this path um but if you don't choose to be initiated into this path that's fine it, 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 yeah. this isn't the right path for everyone and yeah totally it's com- and and so there is a little bit of a uniqueness in some other paths that i that i see as, yeah. as you know not as you know judgmental against other paths yeah. Which, which I kind of appreciate because the thing, when it comes down to it, it goes to this question. The other day... I sent this message to our—we have a group chat for people who are in the EOTC Mystery School discussion group. Uh, I wrote this. I said, hey, I just finished reading and studying the Kaibalian. Have any of you read it? And then, Michael, you responded, yeah, I've semi-read it. Gave up at 50 pages, though. Might make for an interesting discussion. Uh, How do you evaluate any text that presents itself as inspired or spiritual? and so that's what prompted this conversation so i did read the kybalion i have how did
1: you get on with it
0: i loved it i really Mm. did um now do it, it claims to be written by uh the authors called the three initiates Yes. Um, I, from everything I can tell, I've done some studying on who may have been actually the author of it, and it's a part of a guy who is known to have been a main emphasis in starting something called the New Thought Movement, That's and it, yeah. and all of this other stuff. So, I, yeah. I read into it, and I I have some certain skepticism about its authenticity as it's coming from three initiates, but when I looked at the philosophy, and I read it, and I read it from beginning to end... I, I mean, there's a lot of things that are shared. The principles that are shared in the yeah. are yeah. very much resonate with me, and some of them not as much, but nothing so much that it says, this is something that I should steer clear of, but it's good yeah. to be aware of. And I li- yeah. what I liked about the Kaibalian and understanding all of the principles that are in there and how it's thoroughly explained, I can see how that shows up. Many of these principles actually mm-hmm. do show up through the scriptures. I see it throughout Hinduism. I see it throughout some of the other uh, things. And, of course, I see it in a lot of New Age stuff as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That, that's – as far as I'm concerned, I read it. I probably devoted a total of 12 to 14 hours to studying yeah. oh, really? the Ka- oh, Kaibali. Did well, then. <laughs> and did and, and I will say that it was a – incredibly valuable use of my time and just being exposed to that and of course it does make me want to go and and read up and study on the emerald tablets which you (laughs) know is is really the source of of this and and of course i know that that's an incredibly controversial and lots of skepticism about the source of that but that, but that's going back to what we're talking about. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's about, I love what you said after, you know, I'm looking at the things I'm not supposed to look at, mm. you know, or not allowed to, It's I, I, I well, am looking at this and I'm like, yeah. yeah, and I'm, there's some stuff in here that really helps me understand what people mean by law of attraction. And I definitely see law of attraction mm. and I understand mm. law of attraction. And, and today, and I, and I stress today. All right. Cause I reserve the right to change my mind today I fully believe in the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. Um, I absolutely fully believe in the law of attraction. Even in some of its wildest claims, I believe in the law of attraction today. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that it was – it it conflicted with my – with what the Bible says or other Mm -hmm. spiritual – in my own Mm -hmm. life but I actually, I've, I've ironed out in my own mind and my experience and my filtering of all experiences and my use of the law of attraction today to where it's like I can't, I can't disprove any of it, mm. and so the Kaibalian actually helped me, you know, yeah. solve some of the conflict that was in my mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. The. Uh, it, it For the listeners who haven't uh, come across it, and I I hadn't, uh, to be honest, it's, uh, yes, it's a supposed Egyptian text that's been rebooted and uh, uh, brought into the world by, um, well, the three initiates were, was almost certainly a nom de plume of a guy called William Walker Anderson. Uh, It was published in 1908 um, claiming to be based on a lot of this stuff. A a lot of the stuff that's in there um, was actually, it's not necessarily his own, well it's his own take on it. It's his own edit of this stuff. But some people like Isaac Newton were very into this. Um, You know, anybody who was into uh, turning metal into gold uh, and the, um, the, the alchemists. Alchemist. That's right. It just went out of my head for a second. I'm thinking yeah, I'm starting this sentence, and it's uh, the words gone. Uh, it was. It was a text that was um, uh, talked about uh, by al- uh, people practicing our al- alchemy. Um, and um, her, uh, the, the, the lead character behind all of this, as you said, is a guy called uh, how Can I pronounce this Hermes Trimeg? Yes, yeah, uh, the, the three the tri... Trim- the- Trimagistus, that's it yes. I, i've got it in the end um from which uh, hermes uh, which we get the uh, the word hermetically uh, as in hermetically sealed uh, which is uh, part of the um, that whole process of uh, uh, of uh, turning uh, sort of the chemical process of turning uh, stuff of alchemy. Um, anyway, we uh, we digress quite uh, a lot. So, um, yeah, in this book, uh, you, you can edit that, obviously, but in this book, um, there are, I think, is is it seven tenets, you know, in the middle? And um, the uh, uh, the premise yep, is basically, it is seven, isn't it? Yeah, it had to be seven. It's a <laughs> good spiritual number, isn't it? Um, the premise is basically, look, um, you know, this tenet is in that religion, this tenet is in that religion, this one's over there, that one's over there. You know, this must prove that all of this came from the same source and this is the source. Whereas, you know, I, I tend to think, well, sounds like you, you could well have ripped it off from all those sources. You know, you can look at this two ways, you know, there are two two different ways of uh, uh, evaluating this. But um, um, it's it's interesting. I, there were a few red flags for me. And, you know, I, I got... I got about halfway through. I'm very impressed that you were uh, got through to the end of it, Cliff, because uh, I, I never managed to get through to the end of it. And um, this was one of the red flags because um, the the premise for this book. And you know, you you asked earlier on about well, how do we evaluate uh, at any path or any publication or any any kind of writing or anything like that? How do we find out whether it's good? I think there are probably two or three different um, levels of sort of usefulness you know there's stuff that you can glean things from you there's stuff that you uh it is a bit suspect but you can still glean stuff from it and i think this possibly falls into that category and then there's the then there's the spiritual stuff that's frankly not fit for human consumption you know that's just binage. you know that's that's clearly nonsense and um, i've read a few things like that uh, this wasn't one of them because as you say the tenets that they're putting forward are uh, you know they're they're based on Stuff that's been floating around for years. Um, but, um, I, I think one of the things that uh, is, is in the introduction is, is basically if you know. You know, you know, sort of the few who are ready to comprehend and understand are going to get this, you know, and um, the the rest of you are all. they, they Actually, I, I love this uh, this phrase they use: uh, the materialistic vulgar swine. You know, you, if you, <laughs> you don't get this, then you you need to be a true student. You know, I I must. So I'm assuming that I'm I'm not actually ready for all of this stuff. Co- clearly, you know, but actually, again this is this is cultic thinking this is the way that cults keep people involved you know if you don't you know i've got the knowledge you haven't got the knowledge one day you'll have the knowledge if you work really hard you know and i've i've heard all of that in uh, a different level so um, the other the other one i think was the uh, this premise that the the book actually explains the book you know in other words you don't need anything else to explain this because this is again you know it's a uh, buzzword if you like uh, a closed ecosystem this is something that um, you know all you need to do is get into the book and understand the book and that's everything you'll need well, i heard that about another quite large spiritual tome you know but we won't go there um i don't believe that i think that is again something that uh would would put my put, i put my guard up spiritually somebody who was coming to, to tell me that you got no peer review you got no independent criticism whatsoever of this this book you know you're you're saying this is the truth and nothing else is needed to explain the truth so take it or leave it And you know, i think okay fine well i think i'll just Walk away. You know, I don't think I need that. Um, so that that was another thing. The um, I think one of the other things, I just just trying to think back. What I uh, was the language, and also I'm, this is why I'm really impressed. That you got all the way through this book because I just gave up because I, I thinking none of this makes a lick of sense really really, really doesn't it no. must be the translation
0: oh, yeah. that I oh, got
1: perhaps it perhaps it is I, I don't know but some um there's a lot of what what they call sacerdotal language in there you know which is some basically spiritual jargon spiritual language. It's 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 like the Roman Catholics using Latin, you know, when none of the laity actually speak Latin. So why do you use Latin? Because none of us understand it. Well that's the point. Don't you get it? You know, just come to church, just pay your tithes, pay your offerings and, you know, walk out. You know, I'll give you the sermon in Latin. We'll sing the hymns in Latin, but you won't understand, but it doesn't matter because you don't have to, because we know and you don't know. And that's again that that's called control. You know, if 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 teaching is wrapped up in vague terms, you know that's that's no good and what you do find you do find that in both in church or you find it in spirituality you find it in church um i don't believe i, I don't believe every Christian understands the book of Romans I, in fact i don't believe any Christian really understands the book of Romans because paul goes off on these little sort of thought trains that don't make a lick of sense if you actually read them and sit down in the way that you've read a novel you'd think that doesn't make any sense whatsoever but church was full of people who i always found that were you know it's rather like the emperor's new clothes you know we don't want anybody to think that we're stupid so we're all going to go along with this you know and the preachers do and the laity do and the clergy do and uh, yeah i i i turn off with that kind of stuff you know you're saying well you're not you're you're too thick to understand what i've written well you might be a crap writer you know i i can't understand it because you can't write you know and um, Whatever. Um, So they were just some some of my my thoughts, and there was also the the um, the the historical context. You know, this this guy, you know, Hermes, who was supposedly in egypt you know well okay fine but uh, let's look at the evidence of that shall we well there isn't anything you know he's a contemporary of abraham okay well let's look at the evidence for abraham mm, oh there isn't very much is there really no he's a composite character as many of the bible characters were you know let's let's just use the the left-hand side of our brain shall we and evaluate these things. So, um, you know, I'm not coming down hard on. I do this with everything. I did it with Druidry, you know, which is my path that I am following. I, I find it uh, and it actually. Yeah, there's a lot of things that uh, tick the boxes with that. But I asked the same question of, of that, that path too. And I think we must do that because if we truly want to explore everything, you know, and believe that everything's permissible, then actually, you know, don't be stupid about it because some things are not beneficial. Basically, you know, and, uh, I've found the not beneficial ones as well as the beneficial ones. Yeah. Like me.
0: No, I, I, I totally understand that. And and that is that I I love that see that's one of the things that I love about bringing you on because I I read this entire book and it was like man I oh that was a great read. Did anybody else read this and I love eh, there's a bunch of rubbish <laughs> in there. I I could, I made about that 50% of the way through. Not that you said that. I,
1: I don't think it is all rubbish. I mean, no, I know. Because I, a yes. lot of these are gleaned. These these seven points are gleaned from different um, sources, you know. It's uh, uh, and they they are viable and you know, they're good. As above, so below. Okay. Well, not everybody, everybody might believe that, but actually I've heard that in lots of different places. And yeah, you know, there's a metaphysical but, argument for that. Yeah.
0: Yep. I it, it, Exactly. And one of the things that's come up for me as I'm reading, it's like, oh, well, gosh, that, you know, I've heard this so many times and so many of these different resources that I'm, st- it's like, yeah, but, just because, you know, it, it's mentioned by a lot of people who have studied a lot of the same things or out in books that have been influenced by one of, It just becomes circular yeah. Yeah, at some does. point, you it know, does. and it's like it just does. because a lot of people say it and believe it, then yeah. all of a sudden it's true. And so it came back, you, you asked this question, um, how do you evaluate any text that presents itself as inspired or spiritual? And so what does Cliff Ravenscraft do other than to go to his journal Absolutely. Started, started th- it's like, How the, what a great question. And and so, here's what I, I wrote. So, the first thing, response that comes up for me is, does this text, this teaching, and or this message consistently produce the fruit of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, one has to have some sort of feeling and yeah. belief system about what yeah. the fruit of the Spirit is. Yeah. I still very much come from a very Christian faith background, and and I still have an incredibly profound amount of respect for the teachings of Jesus as recorded in the Bible, and maybe even in the Gnostic texts as well. But anyway, I digress just slightly. Mm -hmm. But in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20, this is something that Jesus said. He says, "'Watch out for false prophets or false Mm -hmm. teachers. They come to you in sheep's clothing.'" But inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. And then he says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Absolutely. So, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Now... What I began to do is I thought about this. Like, well, first of all, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, if I look to the Bible for the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, mm-hmm. five verses 22 through 23, it talks about love, joy, peace, mm-hmm. forbearance, mm-hmm. goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I will tell you that the average Christian that I've known for my 49 years on this planet, I would say that an overwhelming majority of them somewhat struggled to to have that fruit in their life consistently. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, I will tell you that I know many (laughs) Christians— who are very faithful and do have, a, a, have mm. a very strong devotion to Orthodox Christian doctrine, who do have all of these, like every single one, and, and as far as I'm concerned, they are a role model. These are somebody who are living life in a way that I would desire to show up in the world. Mm. Now, the interesting thing, though, I've met Hindus, mm-hmm. Sikhs, Wiccans, new age woo woo people that have no religious doctrines, um, shamans, uh, Muslims. I've met many of all of those who have every single one of these fruits of the spirit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: absolutely. And in fact, I've known more who have the fruit of the spirit outside of the Christian <laughs> church than I do inside outside yeah. of the Christian church yeah. than inside the Christian church. Yeah. yeah. Because inside the Christian church, there's so much that is instigated by fear, yes. judgment, shame, yes. guilt. Yeah. And if we, yeah. if, you, if we, if st- we can, yeah. exactly. And and so if we think about these, this thing called uh, consciousness and levels of consciousness yeah. and uh, yeah it's uh, I believe Jesus was trying to call us out of fear to live a life of love, to be joyful always and again say I say rejoice in all things, in all circumstances, give thanks, uh, have peace, the peace that per- surpasses all understanding, forbearance, goodness, faithfulness, gentle with everyone, self-control. hello, self-control. Let's talk about that <laughs> anyway. So, so this for me is the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. So, one of the things that I like to ask is, does this text, this teaching, mm-hmm. uh, or this message produce the fruit of the Spirit? Number one, when I study and or read or begin to test and apply this teaching, this text, this whatever, is it producing good fruit in me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it producing those bullet point items in me? That's mm-hmm. the first thing I look for. The second one is, does this text, teaching, or message produce good, fris- good fruit consistently among others who follow it? Yeah. And then good the cool. third one is, if the authors are known, and of course I put that in there because the Kabbalion, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> but um, if the authors are known in this text, uh, does, is, is the fruit of the Spirit evidence, evident in the life of the author? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that is, that's a really good point. And that, that was something that I wondered whether we might come on to is actually tracing it back. And that, that is one of my, Uh, That is one of my list um, for uh, evaluating what I'm looking at. Um, And that was actually the reason you remember I I mentioned that uh, I I parted ways with Wicca. I didn't say why, but actually now I can say why. This is why Um, I very often. uh, Well, always and not just with spiritual stuff, but all kinds of stuff trace it back to source trace it back to the person who started it find out if you can now obviously you can't um with everybody but certainly in the past couple of hundred years there's a lot lot more stuff that's documented so uh, and you know back to the middle Ages, up to a point but um yeah trace it back to 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 the source and with we Wic- w- w- another reason uh t- another Another aspect of uh, Wicca that's quite similar to Christianity is, is the fact that they have den- denominations, as uh, um, the um, uh, the Christians have, you know, your Baptists and your Methodists and the Anglicans and Catholics, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, Wiccans have Alexandrians and Cochranians and uh, you know, sort of a whole gamut of uh, different people following different people. Um, and actually, if you go back to uh, New Testament, exactly the same. You know, Paul said, "I." Some people say, "I." But a ball, you know, there's Apollos. Eifel, Apollos exactly, yeah, and um, and Gnostics as well. I mean, Paul, Paul was the just the one that won. As I said earlier on, there, I think um, Paul was the one that won, um, and, and he got his stuff canonized. You know, he hit the jackpot. You know, he, he got the YouTube <laughs> YouTube channel, didn't he? But some um, um, and um, and the rest I,
0: were the rest were what do they call that? Um, deplatformed.
1: They were definitely <laughs> deplatformed. Although I have to say, you mentioned Gnosticism, and um, I, th- I think there is some, some good stuff in there. And I oh, think that, um, that may be coming Goths. back into uh, uh, in, into uh, some kind of level of, uh, in, into the spotlight. But anyway, whatever. It took 2,000 years, but hey, whatever. Um, going back to, to Wicca, yeah, the, the particular, uh, the people that, I were meeting with the Cochranians and I thought, okay, well, I want to find out. This only goes back. This is neo-wick. This is sort of neo if you like, if if there is such a thing. Uh, as there is definitely neo Um, This goes back to the 1950s, and the character is quite easy to find. Um, the, the guy Cochrane, um, who started it, and I looked at the life of Cochrane, and uh, I basically came to qu- quite a quick decision that I don't want. Anything to do with this bloke, and I don't want anything to do with his teachings. I love the people, I love the way that they go about things. I love the animism. I like the um, you know the fact that they're connecting with the earth. You know all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm well in there. I will not subject myself to the teachings of a man that I'm reading about whose life looks like that sorry i'm not going to judge but i am going to judge because i'm not going to put myself and you know my well, you judge for spiritual yourself part. You, yeah. you do study yeah, yeah you have to,
0: you have to judge for yourself you, you know it, uh, yeah. this isn't it's not like you're out there speaking evil against him yeah. publicly and yeah. th- that's not even the purpose yeah. here it's just absolutely. like i read this and yeah. I'm judging for myself. Yeah. I don't want my life to look like that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I am not singling out Wiccans in this. Um, that was my reason for not going for it. I, I just can't connect with this. I can't put myself under this kind of. Um, uh, so sort of this particular shower, you know, it's, you know, it's it's not good. Not, it's not clean water. It's not what I want. Um, incidentally, that was one of the similar. I yeah, had something very very similar with Christianity. I worked with some of the some of the largest ministry in the 1980s I worked for some of the largest ministries um, in America and beyond you know household names and uh, uh, i I saw the the British um, offices of some of these people I saw what was going on I understood you know I, if I named you the names you'd know who the names were and I um, Uh, I didn't like what I saw. I just didn't for the same reason. I'm thinking these people who are saying one thing from the pulpit, they're saying one thing to these great conventions full of thousands of people. You know, I can see what's really going on here. And um, those prayer requests are not getting anywhere near people who are praying for them. You know, this, this stuff is not happening. I won't go into details. Certainly would never do that on air. Um, But that was my reason for turning my back partly on that. That was one of the reasons is uh, same thing. You know, I'm, Looking at people who, you know, I don't just don't want to be involved with the, their vibe. You know, this is this is polluting me. Sorry, I, I don't yeah. want that again. Not judging, but I am, you know, but yeah.
0: So, another thing that came up for me when I was evaluating this, how do I feel about this? Because there are some teachings and books from people where, okay. M- the, the fruit is not there for everyone. I see some people, like for example, Christianity, There there's some people with some pretty terrible fruit in their lives, <laughs> and I, I wouldn't want anything, I wouldn't want my life to look anything like a lot of people that I've known within the church. Um, but still, the teachings in their essence have tons of value. So, for example, I still, like I said, I, I still uh, respect the scriptures very highly. Um, and but I but I do not look at them the same way that I did when I was inside of the church. I I I, I do look upon them with a little bit more skepticism in their authenticity and the originality and how much they've transformed over the years and stuff like that. And. And it it got me to thinking, it's like, okay, well, first of all, this is not a hard and fast rule. that, Because when I one of the things that's helped me get to where I am today was reading the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill.
1: Okay.
0: And back then, I was still a hardcore fundamentalist Christian yeah, when yeah. I first read that. Mm. And that was a real struggle because this is a new age guy. He's using universal consciousness instead of yeah. talking about God. And, mm. and that really rubbed me the wrong way. And he's talking about all this other stuff. And it's like wow, and and stay away from this new thought movement kind of stuff. And it's like, this is the slippery slope. And I'm like, (laughs) listen, okay, I don't care. Here's what I know. I've met at least a hundred people, many of which are Christian and many that are not. But what I know out of every single person out of more than 100 people, all 100 people who have recommended this book and said it has been the most influential book in their life outside of the Bible, um, th- those who said that, but it's it, it, most influential book, all, out of all 100 plus, 100% of them are living a life in alignment with these spiritual fruits. Mm-hmm. They are living peaceful, loving, joyful, it, it, all of it, self-control, and and giving, and serving, and I'm like, okay, and they're all saying this book, but I've been told to stay away from this book, and so I read this book, and of course it was, you know, a lot of conflicting stuff came up for me, like I was reading uh, Autobiography of Yogi, but I ultimately came out with, and, and of course, there's no shortage of, of bad things that were said about Napoleon Hill as well, by the way. But um, when it came down to it, I realized it's like, wait a second, there's a lot of stuff in here that resonates as true for me, and I can look at what I'm reading here and see how I can test that, and through that filter, look at all of my prior experiences, and it explains so much. It explains why I've succeeded in so many areas of my life, and it explained why I failed so miserably. And so, and and now what I'm going to do is I'm going to just take this, and I'm going to test it over the next couple of weeks or months, or maybe the next couple of years, and not one. I can't. I can't prove it wrong. It's always right. It it is repeatable, and yet so. When I got to that, it's like, okay, so I can't, I, I don't, what I've decided for myself is I won't completely discount a text or its teachings just because the author itself may not be, the have the fruit that I yeah. want to exhibit in my life. Yeah. But the question is more along the lines of what is it doing within me? And it reminded me of Numbers chapter 22 verses tw- 21 through 39. And it's basically the story of Balaam who uh, was basically going down this path and God wanted yep. him to go a different way and he wouldn't listen. And so mm-hmm. he spoke He's, to him through a donkey. donkey. <laughs> so if God can speak to me through a, th- to Balaam through a donkey, he can speak to me s- through someone yeah. that that may not have a full uh, in cor- fully incorporated yeah, absolutely. F- fully purely lived out yeah. l- life according to those teachings
1: yeah and I think that is what that story is saying uh, That that's a really good interpretation of that particular um, you know shall I call it a myth or shall I not but it doesn't matter it's okay I um, I think that's a really good story. And the, the Old Testament is full of stuff like that. And that is very valid. Um, you know, they're just pictures, the life pictures. And that, that's a good one. I, I've never heard that particular uh, interpretation that you've, uh, or insight that you've, you've come up with there, but um, yeah, that, that that's good. And you have to be broad-minded. You just actually do have to look at everything and consider everything permissible. If you're going to live, otherwise you don't live, how many years of our life did we we not live when we were you know bound up with all of this 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 fear and the guilt and all that stuff how many years were we not alive when we were going hey jesus the life i've got the life i'm I'm living the life i was not living the life i wasn't even close to living the life um i'm living more of the life now but i'm not even close to living the life that i want to live but at least i think i'm sort of semi on the way
0: nice well, that you know the, the, what that whole thing, that analogy, reminds me of. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater.
1: Oh yes, or the donkey.
0: Exactly.
1: A lot harder to throw out a donkey. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, there is. You're right. There is good, and even in the, uh, the most heinous of uh, sort of uh, actions, and the most heinous of uh, texts, and the most heinous of people, uh, I don't think people can be heinous, exactly. But um, um, yeah, there there is something perhaps to be gleaned.
0: Yeah. And then my notes led me down one other path. The second thing that comes up for me, how do I discern? Is I really re- rely on the spiritual gift of discernment. It's uh, for me, I wrote down what is discernment? For, I wrote down to know and understand something through the power of the spirit uh, mm-hmm. intuitively. Uh, it includes perceiving the true character of people and the source of all uh, source of meaning and. Uh, meaning of spiritual manifestations. Mm. Uh, the gift to recognize whether or not something is truly from God or in accordance with his righteousness. Mm. Uh, the ability to distinguish between spirits is another thing I wrote down. Mm. It manifests within me as an inner knowing and it resonates with me as being true. It produces a good feeling in my gut.
1: Mm. Excellent. Interesting. Um, and one thing you mentioned there sort of st- stuck in my mind as you uh, were reading down, you used the term, it's it's a nomenclature sort of thing, really, to use the term the spirit, as we did in church, um, and uh, as sometimes a spirit, you know. But one of my biggest sea changes was to actually change that nomenclature. N- alter that nomenclature uh to just a spirit so it's not the spirit it's not the only one it's not a spirit it's not just someone it's It's actually spirit. spirit it is that's the, um, and, and that, when I, I came to Druidry, there, there's another word for it, we, which is, uh, again, the same thing, exactly the same thing, the thing that breathes through everything, you know, the, the life that is in us, that isn't of us. It's the bigger thing, the thing that, uh, uh, is, is, is holding all this stuff together. You know, some people don't believe in that. I do believe in that. And, um, you know, you want to call it Holy Spirit, you want to call it Shakti. I don't care. You know, it doesn't really bother me, but. Uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm into spirits. So uh, yeah, cool.
0: For anybody who's interested on the whole thing of discernment from a biblical perspective, you got First John four one, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Romans twelve two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Hebrews five fourteen. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by the constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Philippians 1, 9-12, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with the knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, 1 Thessalonians 5.21, but test everything and hold fast to what is good excellent so excellent. yeah it's it's fun yeah, stuff
1: I'm, I'm good at discerning spirits actually I, I now i can now tell the difference between eight types of gin it's, it's, it's really good <laughs> I, it's helpful
0: well this has been a fascinating conversation michael it's always a pleasure to talk with you
1: absolutely and uh what can i say thank you for me uh having me into your uh into your studio wait virtual studio anyway uh no thank you very much that i appreciate it very much
0: is there anything you you've got a podcast coming out soon do you want to promote your podcast? Well,
1: hopefully. No, I, I would not ever. I would never stomp on somebody else's podcast to promote my Well, own. No, I'm, um, you're not stomping. I'm,
0: I'm inviting <laughs> you. You are inviting.
1: Please, so I, I come to. in. Well, I hope I will have a podcast out um, uh, a little later in the week. Um, it's something I, I am a, a newbie to the the podcast world. Um, I went, I was invited onto one to talk about Druidry back in January and uh, the, 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 the the girl who was uh, two running two inches said, off the ground two inches off the ground absolutely j j india and she said uh, when you're going to start podcast and i hadn't thinking about that and i think it's such a learning curve do i really want to um but here we are in in august uh we're a few months after um yes i have got the first one um i've got a, i've got a few planned but um the first one should be out this week um it's called savvy dressers um and it's actually not Spiritual. Well, it is a sort of. It is, there is a spirituality in it. Um, it's called Savvy Dresses. It's about how to. Um, it's about traditional English tailoring and in traditional english dressing and it's basically for for young guys teaching young guys how to dress with confidence authority and with sex appeal and actually feeling good about themselves feeling good about um how they are and integrating their personality with their um with their clothes uh, which is something that i learned to do and um yeah not for everybody but uh That'll be out, I hope. Savvy and dresses. Wh- and what's ladering. that? There's
0: a word that, that that's called in, in the UK. Uh, it, it says, is it called? sartorial? Sartorial. That's sartorial. elegant. Sartorial. Yes, I had this never is... heard the term sartorial <laughs> ever until I heard the beta episode for that podcast.
1: It's a great word, absolutely. Yeah, it means uh, the it's just the art of dressing, um, sartorial, savvy, uh the 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 art of knowing about how is that to the press. name of,
0: what's the name of the podcast again
1: it's it's called savvy dresses and um Great. yes it's a very short uh 15 minutes you can listen to them in the time that you uh, get dressed so uh, hopefully it'll be out this week we awesome hope.
0: well i'll tell you what i'll do i will put a link to your interview about druidry with jay india and her two inches of the pot off the ground podcast i'll put a link to that in the show oh, notes okay And then when your podcast goes live, I will come back and edit the show notes to put a link to the Savvy Dressers. Hey, that's
1: very kind of you. Thank you. What can I say?
0: Thank you, Michael. We'll talk again soon.
1: We will indeed.